Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords, and this is the 441st show of ROI. Our guest for today's show is Don Wolford Metallo, hope I said that right, um, Visual Arts Director at Quad City Arts Center. And we're going to be talking about an exhibit that is currently at the center called Art in Lockdown. The history buffs for today's show are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. The show's theme song is Kayla's Theme, written and performed by Mark Sapsavital. And our producer and engineer, as always, is Dave Baker. All right, so to begin, welcome to the show, Don. Love to have you here. Thank you. Um, we call this first segment History is Local, and our goal really is just to give listeners a little bit of background. So let's start off by getting a little information about how Art in Lockdown came into existence. Okay. Well, we first came up with this idea um, about the time when the pandemic hit and people were told to isolate at home. And we thought, you know, this is a it's a very scary time. It was very unsure. Nobody knew what was going on from one day to the next. So immediately we thought we need to do something to encourage people who are already artists to continue doing art, give them a motivation. It always motivates artists when they have a deadline or a goal. And then people that um, maybe don't consider themselves artists, it's like, what do you do with all this time? Hey, why don't you try to put you know, create something, and we have a show that you can put it in. Um, we're not we're not picking the, the judges. We're not going to be just picking people that were established artists. They were looking for new talent. They were looking for um, ideas that, you know, fresh things, just, you know, people trying something new. So that was the idea, and we originally set it for February of this year, 2021, and when January came along, I thought, oh, my gosh, we cannot have this show because part of part of the idea was to have a big celebration. When we choose the artists and hang the show, we're going to have all these people come together to celebrate this work. And at that point, we still didn't have a vaccine and and people were not encouraged to gather together. So then we said, OK, we're going to push this off to October and Hopefully by then it'll be safe to gather. So the the deadline got moved, and we in in the meantime got a lot more artists to participate. Okay, so my my next question is is the obvious one to somebody who's not part of an art scene. How do you go about recruiting artists or putting the word out? What's the process of of getting? people aware artists aware that this exhibit is coming up and they have an opportunity sub to submit uh works mainly it's social media we uh we put it on our website we put it on facebook we did a blog about it that was on our website um and then word of mouth but it was it's mainly social media and i think with people being home and you know really more plugged into social media during this pandemic where everybody's searching for information um that it came up i heard from several of the artists that actually got into the show that they were just scouring websites and gallery sites looking for something and that's how they found us 
Interesting. Okay. So how many exhibits made it into the show? How many exhibits were there total? And you talked about judges. Um, what kind of judging criteria was used for the selections that made it into the exhibit? Okay. That's several questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we, we had 180. We, we allowed each artist or person uh, to enter two things. And so there were 180 separate uh, works of art that were entered. And then they were, um, we couldn't fit that many in the gallery for starters. And there, with any competition, there has to be some criteria for what gets in and, and gets out. And so that was, um, the committee met and there was a lot of discussion because sometimes the criteria is more based on quality and um you know, if the artist has gone to art school and this time it was a little bit different. Um, we also, when, when the person submitted their work, we asked them to write just a little something about what inspired them to do it or what they were feeling. And that ended up having a big part in whether or not they were chosen because sometimes, um, you know, the work might have not have been really excellent as far as, you know, what you might see in a typical gallery, but the fact that that person started to see the world in a different way, like I'm just going to say a, 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 a photo, for an example, um, somebody who just started going out walking every day that they didn't, they didn't do that before. And while they were walking, they started noticing the, the flowers and the trees and the birds. And, and then after that, they got out their camera and they started photographing. So it was this, this process, this revolution, revelation that they had that turned into this, um, a new passion for them. And really the, the key to art is seeing it's noticing what's around you. It's, um, seeing colors, it's seeing patterns. It's, it, it comes through kind of, a, an awareness. So, um, the person got their work in the show because of, because of that, it was the emotion behind it. It was that that process of of exploring and finding something new. What a uh, what a cool idea for uh, for an inclusion project. At any rate, we have a lot more to talk about. So please stay tuned to the next segment of our show. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University one hundred six point one FM. The KALA website is your one-stop spot to find out more about your favorite radio station. Submit a public service announcement, catch up on news about KALA, and listening to any of our three stations, 885-1061 or The Stinger, is just a click away. Visit KALAFM.org. That's KALAFM.org. Hello and welcome back to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords, and this is the second segment of our show, referred to as The Kitchen Table. Our guest for today is Don Wolford Metallo, Visual Arts Director at Quad City Arts Center, and we're talking about their exhibit, Art in Lockdown. 
History buffs for today's show are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. Rick, why don't you start us off? You know the artist that I am, right, Jay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> of course. Don, uh, you mentioned uh, in the uh, intro part that you had, hundred I think it was 180-87, something like that, uh, entries. Where did these... Uh, these artists come from are they all local or are they from the planet <laughs> that we consider ourselves a regional gallery and our region is a 250 mile radius of the quad cities so we have um they and they came from all over that radius we had a, a few from chicago um, iowa city dubuque and then of course the immediate quad cities Ed, do you have a question? Yes, I do. Um, Don, as one who um, infrequently visits art galleries, if I want to come and look at this exhibit, um, tell me how to do that. And I realize art's open to interpretation, but um, if you could give me some rudimentary um, things uh, as a how-to guide. Okay. Well, first of all, we are located in Rock Island across the street from Schwiebert Park at 1715 2nd Avenue, and we're open every day um, from 10 to 5, except Sundays, and then on Saturdays, it's 11 to 5, and there's no admission, and we try to just be low-key. We're not like a high-pressure type, uh, maybe a Chicago gallery where the, you walk in the door and somebody's immediately following you around and trying to get you to buy something. We just want to expose people to art and have them feel comfortable with it. Um, ask questions if you want to, but just enjoy it. We just, um, um, there's, I think it's, a, people need to know that a lot of people I hear, they say, I don't know very much about art, but I know what I like. Well, that's fine. Go gravitate toward what you like. And then while you're there, hopefully you'll look at some other things and, and you might wonder, well, how is that art? And so ask the question, what, why is this here? What, what makes this good or special or, you know, good enough to be on the walls? And then um, I or one of my um, volunteers that work in the gallery can explain a little bit about the, the artwork. But you don't have to have an art degree to enjoy art. And we have, in addition to our ex exhibition gallery where this show is we have what we call our gallery store and in the store we have works by 85 different artists in the region so there's a real variety between things that are very realistic to very abstract and in between that so i try to think that we have something for everyone Don, I was lucky enough to get a chance to see the exhibit, and it is really cool. It is definitely worth going to, and um, it's it's neatly displayed uh, as well. Can you talk a little bit about the different kinds of mediums that are there? Because uh, I saw everything from paper mache sculptures to wood carvings that had been painted to sort of traditional paintings. To so walk us through what kinds of uh, stuff we're going to see in terms of the range. Yeah, um, all the things that you mentioned. Plus, um, we have collage. We had um, a mom that was at home, and she just started kind of looking around the house and and at things, and she put together a couple of collages, and you know, including a toilet paper roll because that was one of the topics of conversation at that time. 
Um, we have um, somebody who did a painting of everything that was in their pantry because that was kind of another topic at the time was cleaning the house and, you know, stocking the pantry. Um, there is um, quite a few paintings of all different kinds. Um, there was somebody who took a class on um, ironwork, and they did a couple of pieces that are functional, but also very beautiful. Um, there's some photography. There is, I'm kind of scrolling through our website where we have all the images, um, drawings, of course. There was a high school teacher who suddenly had to work from home and try to figure out how do I teach art over the, you know, over the internet. And she really was struggling with that and her feelings. And she did a series of self-portraits every day for a, a week or so, and then journaled at the same time. So we've got nine of her self-portraits hung up in a grid. And then she's got a snippet of her journal with each one of those. Um, let's see what else. There's a um, piece of jewelry. There's um, some artists did kind of continued the type of work that they were doing before, just, you know, to stay busy and keep their mind off the uh, politics at the time. Um, there is one interactive piece where um, somebody has used a TV set and magnets and videos and people can sit down in a chair and play the videos and then use the magnets to change the colors on the TV screen. It's a old school TV. So there is um, that interactive piece. Um, there's just really a variety. I, I have to say that, that uh, I, the TV uh, piece was one of my favorites. It, it was really fun and very creative uh, fun to watch and and I'm old enough to to actually know that that's what TVs looked like before um, <laughs> before we we had pixelated whatever and yeah so that was a that was a really cool one um, Rick hey Jay send us a picture Ed and I a picture of that old TV because we're too young to remember yeah, that yeah uh-huh. kind of thing. <laughs> Don Don you mentioned in the introduction that. Uh, on the entries, you you uh, asked the entrance to uh, write what inspired them to do the piece that they're submitting. Uh, can you give us an example of some of the ones that you thought were just outstanding or or moving uh, that uh, uh, won the race and got their piece in the exhibit? Oh gosh, um, there were so many good ones. Um, one of them um, was Alisa Mahar, and she has a piece called The Devil's Anger. And she's yes. portrayed herself as a, you know, it has a, a, it's a painting of a woman. But then coming out of her mouth is all these, like, evil spirits. And she just, um, it, and this was different than her traditional work that, that she does. And it just, it was just really like, um, just like kind of throwing up this, anger and frustration and you know of the confusion that was going on at the time it was like well what's happening and i don't want to do this and i don't i don't want to stay home and i don't you know and you know what's going to happen next and just all these feelings that so she painted it like this is what she was thinking and feeling and then she was able to put that 
into a painting. Okay, Ed. But there were, oh, there were others, too, that were just a little more subtle, like, um, you know, I'm feeling lonely. And there were several that dealt with loneliness and how they they kind of portrayed that in their work or they just they just made themselves paint and draw to sure. kind of deal with that. Okay. Ed. Yes. Um, Don, you've talked about uh, a lot in your, in your previous answer here, but about uh, the frustration and isolation that so many people felt. Um, are there some pieces in the exhibit which is expressed sort of like new revelations like, you know, I really don't miss that commute. <laughs> or it's nice not having to get out of bed quite so early because I work from home. Or people enjoying the isolation. Do I see that too in the exhibit? Yeah, I think there's some of that. And I've definitely heard that from people who've come in to see the exhibit, you know, that hadn't been out for a long time and, and saying, you know what, you know, it's nice to get out, but I kind of miss having to stay at home and, and the things they were able to accomplish during that time. So that definitely um, came out. I don't, I can't think of a specific piece of work that kind of hits on that, but it's definitely something I've heard a lot in the gallery in the last couple months. And and as a male, I can see just the simple act of not having to shave every day um, <laughs> might be something I'd welcome. Well, there is one piece that is, I think it's called Casual Friday. Um, it is. And it's um, wood. It's actually my father did this piece. He d he does wood carving and combines it with painting, so it's kind of the torso of a male. And on the top, he's got a suit jacket, and then on the bottom, he's got jeans. And there are neckties just sort of hanging from the rafters, like you know, maybe uh, put on a necktie and just do this Zoom call, and then take off the jacket, and you're back to your casual clothing. Don, the, the pieces that most grabbed me or spoke to me uh, were the two papier-mâché sculptures, the one with the um, the the individual, the kind of dressed in a Renaissance outfit with a plague doctor's um, mask on, and the other one uh, almost a jester's outfit with a jester's mask on. Um, can you talk a little bit specifically about what the maybe what the uh the the card that you know because each each exhibit has a card with sort of a thought from or at least a part of the thought that the artist had um and uh and you know do you know that artist because it sounds like some artists obviously your dad you really know and others maybe were totally new to you um so what can you tell me about that piece because i i love those two pieces they're one of the first things you see when you walk into the exhibit and and i thought they were both very clever very well executed but also very thought provoking in terms of a positive and a negative a little bit like like ed was getting at Yes. Um, those are both done by David Smith, and he is a wonderful artist. He has his own gallery in Geneseo, and his art is papier-mâché, and it comes in all different forms, but they're usually very sculptural. 
and the the one is a um like very hopeful it's called new normal and it is um like a female figure and she's standing on top of the world a little globe and she's wearing a mask but she's got her arms outstretched and in one hand is a a butterfly and so it's like um you know things coming back to life again um getting out into the world um maybe with the the colors make me think of something something new is coming there's still life there's there's butterflies um but she's wearing a mask so there's kind of that um this is our new normal we're going to be guarded for a while and we're you know and some people mask and some people don't but in some way we're all guarded right now with not sure what's going on and so that's a i think a really wonderful piece because it's it it shows hope and um the future the other one is much darker as you said um it is the um it's the title is pandemic and the figure is also standing on a the globe but it's very darkly painted and he has the 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 mask with the long nose and then the eyes are like little green gems they actually kind of glow but it's got a big top hat on it and the big heavy coat and um one hand is kind of out with a palm up as if to say what like what's happening and it's holding a flag so it's again um very expressive um but this one is definitely darker and i have a feeling he did this one first mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Rick. Well, you, uh, Don, you mentioned that uh, the committee judged uh, the uh, 180-some-odd uh, uh, pieces of art. Who was on the committee? Who makes up this committee? Um, they're all local people, and most of them are local art teachers. Um, we have an art collector. We have somebody that works for John Deere in their art department. So they all have art backgrounds. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. And they got the uh, 187 entries down to 80. So there were 80 that were actually selected for the show out of out of the original entries. Okay, Ed. Yeah, Don, can you give us a, um, uh, a little bit of uh, information on the demographics of the exhibitors? I mean, you said you already told us about the geographic distribution, um, but what are the age, age ranges and were there, um, you know, more women than men or vice versa? Oh, wow, that's kind of tough. Um, I, I think men versus women is pretty even pretty even um and then ages normally we only accept um you know 18 and over but there is one piece that was done by i believe the person is 14 years old and it's kind of a pipe cleaner um dragon piece that's another interesting thing we ended up having two or three dragon pieces that was kind of another theme but um so so one as young as 14 and then um, everything in between, um, uh, yeah, everything in between. We had some college students, we had some, you know, middle-aged people and some older people, just really a range in ages. 
Um, and then, I mean, I know that there's at least a couple of Hispanic artists, so I don't know if that answers your question or not. Well, pretty well. <laughs> okay. Um, Don, I, I'm going to mention this both as a plug and, and also because uh, it speaks, I think, to the quality of the work. Um, you do have, um, for most of the pieces, you do have a uh, a sticker underneath that says that you can buy, and here's the amount. Um, my wife bought a, um, I don't know if you'd call it a collage or not, but a, a what looks like a painting that was all done uh, by cutting out paper and then gluing the paper on. Uh, it's a very, very cool piece. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that and price ranges and when things are going to be, if not for sale, at least available to be picked up if you bought it early like my wife did? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah, the artists have the choice whether or not they want to sell it, and they set their own price. Uh, Quad City Arts does keep a commission, which is smaller than most big cities, um, to cover our administrative costs. So the prices are basically what the artists set, and they range. Um, trying to think of what, probably something as low as $125, all the way up to maybe... I think we have one that's 3800 but that's that's really on the high end. Um, a lot of it's just, I think, very affordable. And um, we everything is on our website, so it can be, people can just look at the pieces on the website, click on the word shop, and it'll take you to the page where you can actually buy it, put in your credit card. And then anything that's purchased is available the day after the show ends, which is December 3rd. So, and we will call the people that bought things, and then they'll have some time to come and pick them up. Or if they um, live farther away, then we will ship them to them. Yeah, I, I will add one of the things that, that my wife wanted to know was a little bit more about the artist, and, and uh, you were very gracious about you know reaching out and making that that contact and maybe gathering that. So I think that's really cool, too. And it's a very unintimidating way to buy art if you are a first-time original art buyer. Um, sometimes the, the bigger galleries are, are a little bit, you know, what do I do? How do I do this? Like you said, sometimes there's a salesman, you know, sort of doing a, a hard sell kind of thing, and none of that was true for the exhibit. It was a great place to go see some really cool stuff. And um, and then, you know, if you saw something that really spoke to you, have a chance to maybe uh, at the end of the exhibit go home with a, with a piece of original art for yourself. I agree. Yeah. Well, so it is customary that we give our guests the last word on the show. So, Don, why do you think knowing about how the, the COVID-19 pandemic affected local artists is relevant in today's world? I think it's really relevant because a lot of people come in and they see themselves. It's like, I too was like, there's a painting of a woman with a mask on and fear in her eyes, just looking out the window and people say, Oh, that's how I felt. Or, you know, in many of the paintings, paintings that depict isolation, it's like, Oh yeah, I felt that way too. And so that way you feel like suddenly you're not so alone because other people were, 
having those same thoughts. Do you also think that there's a, a legacy aspect to an exhibit like this that that people are going to hopefully buy some of this work and take it home and and look at it and say, "Oh yeah, I remember when," or you know, tell their kids, "You you know, you won't believe this." But do you think that's also part of the the relevancy of of uh, an exhibit like this is that it captures that moment or those that time period in history? Yeah, I do. And I think, uh, fortunately, a lot of the work, even though it captures that, it's not in a terrible way. Like, there's still some hope and some, like, promise in them. Almost almost all the works, even though it looks like isolation, there's still, like, the woman looking out the window. It's like, well, there's still some hope. There's not like it's all doom and gloom. And the colors were very vivid. So it's still a beautiful painting. But, you know, it's like I don't I don't like to bring home paintings of winter because that's not my favorite season. So I think, why would I want to look at that all the time? And that there may be people that think, well, I don't want to be reminded of COVID. But yet these most of these paintings, like I said, have this um, there's there's a there's color, there's hope, there's something interesting in there that you you just don't um, you want to look at it. Well, this has been a great conversation. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up, so please stay tuned. This is ROI on KALA St. Ambrose University, 106.1 FM. You're listening to Relevant or Irrelevant. This series is produced at St. Ambrose University's KALA Radio and has been honored by the Midwest Broadcast Journalists Association and the Iowa Broadcast News Association for excellence in public affairs journalism. You can hear this edition of ROI and many previous programs in this series by visiting Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, plus Apple Podcasts. ROI airs Friday nights at 9.30 p.m. on KALA HD2 and can also be heard at 106.1 FM in the metropolitan Quad City area. You can stream this show every Friday night at TuneIn.com. Search for KALA HD2. This concludes our 441st show of ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant. Our producer and engineer is Dave Baker. Our program manager is Rick Sweet. And the theme song for our show is titled Kayla's Theme and was written and performed by Mark Sapital. My name is Jay Swords, and we'd like to thank our guest, Don Wolford Metallo, Visual Arts Director at the Quad City Arts Center. We've been talking about their current exhibit, Art in Lockdown, which goes through December 2nd. The history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. This is ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, on KALA. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of St. Ambrose University or KALA. We would like to wish all of our listeners to experience the great Basutu proverb, Hotsa Pula Nala, peace, reign, and prosperity. And remember, historians are horrible fortune tellers. Good night.